Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Game. You know, sometimes you just need a different take on today's sports news. And that's just what we're going to do. I say, sports fans. A fresh look at the headlines is here with the Dopey Millennials Show. Your one-stop shop for sports talk. Getting what the ATL needs. A fresh weekend sports talk show. Okay, let's do it. Let's just get down to it. Now, the Dopey Millennials Show is on. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Happy New Year. Welcome into the year 2024. It's the Dopey Millennial Show. I'm Caleb Johnson here with you on Sports Radio 989 The Game. And, of course, as always, on the Odyssey app. Excited to get to talk some sports with you for the next four hours. We're going to take you up until 10 o'clock this evening. Doing the doing the, the John Chuckery shift is really what I what I feel like I'm doing this evening. Um, you know, and I, Dom, I, as, as Dom Trotsky is behind the glass <laughs> producing today, yeah. I, I just started to touch my microphone, and then as I'm looking at you, I'm thinking, probably best if I don't do that, because as we are in the new year, and we want to be new versions of ourselves, and we're going to talk about resolutions and all that sort of thing over the course of the show, sometimes that old version, that that old us, the, the old... You know the 2023 yeah. still yeah. still comes back to bite you because Want that old thing back. Yeah, as as Dom is getting us on the air just a couple of minutes ago, uh, the microphone that is working for him in the uh, in the <laughs> producing room just pops off. Yeah, it's a total handheld situation going on right now. We'll see if I can get it screwed back on here yeah love love that for you and i you know hopefully we're able to get that uh you're able to get that working properly i would like to talk to you over the course of this uh four hour show that we've got for you and and i know i was i was joking uh talking with chris goforth who was of course uh just on the air about uh all of you falcons fans out there i'm sure you've got a lot to talk about a lot of frustrations, a lot of anger, a lot of angst, a lot of uh, resentment, maybe. Who knows? Well, you know what? We're, we're going to try to be new versions of ourselves. We're going to try to to inflect some positivity into uh, into the air over the course of this four-hour show. And I know you're going, oh, good grief. All right, here we go from Caleb. The dopey millennial is going to try to be positive about what's obviously a very terrible situation. No. I'm just saying that uh, we probably won't do four hours of phone calls of, uh, you know, of com- complaining, guys. Uh, now, there's plenty of complaints to be had. We're going to get into some of the nitty-gritty uh, of what went wrong for the Atlanta Falcons yesterday uh, up in Chicago as, you know, I was I was so looking forward to a, once again, a positive, upbeat Day coming after a Falcons game, which I know many of you probably thinking, 
how naive of you, Caleb. How many Falcons games have you watched uh, this year and in years past? I mean, too many to count. However, I think there was just there, there was something about the way that Indianapolis Colts game went that made me think like, okay, I feel like uh, trust may be a big word, but for, for for this Falcons team, but I felt like optimism and headed in the right direction, and especially with all of the talk that was happening around Arthur Smith's job and everything like that, it felt like the players had picked up and been like, you know what? We're, we're, we're carrying this for our coach. We want to play. Not only do we want to, to win, just obviously, because you want to win in the National Football League. You want to continue to have hope in the postseason. You, you wanted to turn the corner from what had been a rough couple of weeks in your own division where if you had just simply won one of those, you know, may, we were not having the same conversation. And so just – with so many negative things that had kind of gone on, having that indie game and then going and taking on a Chicago Bears team that it was like, all right, they've got plenty of their own problems. Like, who knows if Matt Eberflus is going to be there at the end of the year? I mean, who knows if Justin Fields is going to be their quarterback at the start of next season? <clears throat> kind of would rather see him in, in uh, red and black. Just honestly, and I know, I'm sure plenty of you strongly disagree with me. You, you're going to pull up the Bears' win-loss record, and you're going to pull up uh, the injuries, or you're going to pull up the uh, the interceptions. You know, I, I get it. I get it. No, I, I truly, I do understand. Uh, and I understand the, the offensive ranking of where this Bears team has been. Um, but, um, you know, I, I did a show Saturday in which I was looking at things and being like, Huh. I mean, is this an audition for Justin Fields in Chicago on Sunday? And if it was an audition, um, <laughs> he looked he looked pretty good. Uh, he he looked pretty good and uh, really did a good job along with his new. Well, I can't say new because we're at the end of the season, but uh, his flashy wide receiver that his team went out and traded for. Um, and and made the Bears look really good. We're going to get into more of this uh, discussion on the Atlanta Falcons as well as keeping you updated what's going on with the college football playoff semifinals going on tonight. You know, I really feel like our boss, Mike Conti, I love the man, love, the, love him for all of the opportunities he's given me. Um, got to do the Hawks game on Friday, you know, another Hawks broadcast that I was on uh, because he's given me that opportunity. But, man, scheduling me for... The Orange Bowl on Saturday, so I'm I'm working here in the studios trying to watch that game, although not much of a game. Is, that'll be another thing we get into over the course of the show. But then tonight, I'm sandwiched into we will finish up the Rose Bowl today and then begin the uh, the Cotton Bowl tonight. So I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going to do my best to, to watch what is going on in those games just to, to be able to relay that to you and, and have those conversations about – how I think this thing is is going to unfold is I will go ahead because I know the game is underway now, but it is currently tied, and I will give my prediction just for the two games. I think it's going to be Bama and Washington in the national championship in a week from now. That's that's just I'm putting it on tape so I can go ahead. So you didn't say that I waited till late in the game and um, or after the fact or whatever. Um, but 
getting to to work in between these games is it's it's interesting because you know I I love college football, love to watch college football, and uh, trying to watch a football game and talk on the radio at the same time not exactly the easiest thing to do. But we're gonna do it. And uh, if you're along for the ride in a car, at home, wherever you might be, uh, thank you for tuning in tonight to the game and the Dopey Millennial Show with uh, me, Caleb Johnson. And we're going to have some fun over the next uh, four hours. I hope you had a happy new year. Uh, Dom, did you did you do anything last night for the new year? Nothing too crazy. Uh, can you, Well, is my mic working? Let's it is. Okay, yes. cool. Wonderful. I can hear you. Yeah. Wonderful. All right, because we got it. I got it screwed back on here, so I think we're good to go Just now. Don't touch it. Yeah. No? Not gonna touch it from <laughs> here on out for the rest of the show. Um, no, uh, I actually didn't do uh, too much. You know, I was working, um, so I was here too. Uh, and, you know, just kind of hung out at my place with some friends and stuff. Didn't do too much. Nothing too crazy. Yeah, so I have to say, I was very arrogant like a month ago. It's, yeah, that sounds right. A little more than a month ago. Before the SEC championship game. Right. I had our boss, Mike Conti, come to me, and he goes, Hey, Caleb, you know, when Georgia goes to travel for the playoff, you good to go? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, it's one of those, you don't turn down those opportunities. Right. right, Uh, I got to a couple of years ago uh, go to to Miami for uh, Georgia-Michigan in that semifinal game. Like, any opportunity uh, that I would get to to cover the dogs, also just being a dogs fan in general, immediately jump on. Right. So my thought process was, ah, I am going to be gone for – New Year's Eve, because that's that was a thing that actually happened uh, two years ago when I was gone for that semifinal game um, with um, uh, Brian Gebhardt, who was here at the time, with him covering last year, and it was a peach right. bowl. It was yeah. at home, so there really yeah. wasn't much travel. But, you know, kind of getting used to the theme of I'm going to be gone on New Year's Eve. And then, obviously, what unfolds is Georgia loses that SEC championship that I was in the building for and was like, come on, guys. Um, and then you start to quickly unravel of like, oh, I can make plans for New Year's Eve because the dog's not going to be in the college football playoff as disappointing and frustrating as, you know, that was quite honestly, because I think what they showed in the, in the orange bowl, I I think, um, I'm not surprised and I wouldn't, I think if, if I was picking the college football playoff committee, I wouldn't have put them in just because of the loss to Alabama. However, um, you know, I do think they are the best team in college football right now, quite honestly, and and them not being there really, really, really stinks. However, that did open the door for me to possibly attend another event on New Year's Eve that, Dom, I've been dying to go to since I think I learned about it in 2017. Do you know the Georgia City Tallapoosa? No, I do not. Tallapoosa, Georgia. It is uh, West Georgia, that okay. that direction, close mm-hmm. to Alabama. Um, they do an event every year. No joke. It is called the Possum Drop. There okay. are T-shirts made, hats made. There is a whole carnival that happens in the city of Tallapoosa that – I have wanted to participate in since I learned about it. Like I said, I think it was 2017, 2018 um, that it it went viral on social media. They have a taxidermied possum that is wrapped in a ball of lights. 
Okay. And it is lowered at the stroke of midnight huh. entering the new year. The the taxidermy opossum actually has a name. He goes by Stuart. Stuart? Okay. Stuart. So really would like to one year go see Stuart. Okay. However, plan to go this year. And you know what? You know what? It just struck me. So it's an hour away from my house. Uh-huh. Dude, I'm starting to get old and like <laughs> into the married life of my wife messed up her ankle a couple of days ago. And so like she could have toughed it out. Could have made the trip. But, but we like, had that moment yeah. at like five o'clock yesterday of all right, we talked about going. Are we going? And we were both sitting on the couch under blankets. Dog was, you know, my dog yeah. Salem's laying on me. Very and comfy. it was one of those like, I don't uh, know. I nah. think, you know, your ankle <laughs> yeah. and the drive and all of that sort of stuff. It talked us out of it. But uh, I hope all of you listeners out there had a an enjoyable, a safe New Year's Eve. And welcome in the new year into 2024. Uh, like I said, we've got a lot to get into over the course of this four-hour show and just giving you a, a smidge, a piece of the life of a uh, soon-to-be. I will, I will be 30 this year in 2024, so I feel like more exciting things also coming in that direction as well, but uh, I'm already becoming that old man who's like, ah, New Year's Eve, I don't know, um, for sure could not talk me into going to New York. Is uh, I watched all of those people on TV on what, what felt like a more uh, boring, I don't know, feels like every year gets a little, little less interesting as ll cool j the guy that you're really marketing for that in 2024 all right huh all right when we come back gonna get into a uh rest of the story to give you all of the headlines of the day let you know what's going on with this uh college football playoff semifinal game between alabama and michigan as we are right here on the dopey millennial show caleb johnson here with you on sports radio 92.9 the game and the odyssey app We're back with the Dopey Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Millennial Show. Good, bad. It's going to be like a drama every week. It's going to be awesome. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. 
Sports Radio, 99 The Game, and the Odyssey app. It is the Dopey Millennial Show. I'm Caleb Johnson here with you until 10 o'clock this evening. We'll uh, be getting you through all of the uh, college, well, not all of them, through the first college football playoff semifinal game and then deep into uh, the the Cotton Bowl uh, later on this evening. Uh, you know, one of those interesting things that you just assume, especially how this thing is kind of unfolded, that the, the SEC is just always going to be in the national championship conversation like every year. I think it's – I was trying to remember. It's 2014 was the last time. The first year of the college football playoff um, that had a national championship after that, 2014, uh, when we got, what, Ohio State and Oregon, the last time – We've had a uh, a college football championship that did not include an SEC team. And yet, right now, currently, who knows? We could be headed that way. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, so let's immediately jump into the rest of the story. Now, 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 the rest of the story. The rest, the rest of the story. The story. All right, let's uh, quickly begin with just yeah, because I'm watching it and I'm slightly in, in a little bit of disbelief. I know it's very early on, but Alabama, Michigan playing in the Rose Bowl today. Just a beautiful venue. I, I don't know. There's just always something about it. I know they think way too much of themselves because, you know, they always want to be different than uh, all of the other other bowl games and, you know, college football playoff semifinals, that whole thing. I get they're difficult to work with, but man, when you watch the product on the field and how the how the stadium is set up and the fans and the whole, it just looks incredible. Especially, uh, I think it was Chris who was saying this earlier. Like as the sun goes down, there's just nothing quite like uh, that. Uh, what Pasadena, California, stadium with just big implications on the line right now. Uh, 3.49 to go in the second quarter. Michigan just scored a touchdown to go up 13-7 and then bobbled the snap on the kick and and did not get to attempt the extra point. So it is currently 13-7. So, yeah, even when Michigan does something really impressive, still just got to mess it up. Um, also, can I bunch them in with what's up with Michigan team's this week in special teams issues. Ah, well, that was the other one. The Lions game was an official issue that we will discuss later on. Um, but yeah, so number one, Michigan up 13-7 over number four, Alabama. Later tonight, 845, when we will get uh, number two, Washington against number three, Texas in the Cotton Bowl. I said it earlier and just one of those like, you know, not that it matters. I like to have my stance on the record. I think it's Bama coming out of this one, and I think it's Washington coming out of the uh, of the Cotton Bowl. Because, like, do we really – do we need to see Alabama-Texas? Because we're about to get that for however long after this uh, because of Texas joining the SEC. I don't know. Some of you might prefer to see that. I know there's one guy at the station who would greatly love uh, – and I saw he had a son in Washington gear already today – uh, one, Mr. Andy Bunker. So uh, I hope things go well for for him today. Uh, but like I said, 13-7 in the second quarter for Michigan up on Alabama. All right. 
Keeping with the rest of the story, Falcons lose yesterday to the Bears 37-17. What is the rest of the story there? Well, Taylor Heineke, 10 of 29, 163 yards, a touchdown, three interceptions. I thought we were making a quarterback change because the guy who was who was in there before this couldn't take care of the ball. And like I know it was snowy. I knew that was going to play a part of this. Uh, but, yeah, I was just that was rough. It's also a situation where how much are you, you, you know, how much are you really beating up on Taylor Heineke? Uh, like he's kind of been put in a lose-lose situation. He was brought in as a backup. Like, there was never a moment in which they brought Taylor Heineke in and told him, hey, you might be the starter. Like, the only way it was like, hey. And we even said it before the season. It was like, if Taylor Heineke plays this year, it's been a disaster. Well, you lose by 20 points to the Chicago Bears in a game in which Chicago had nothing to play for. They had a 1% chance of making the playoffs, which might as well be zero. They had a 1% chance of making the playoffs. And now you could say, well, Caleb, it was like the Falcons only had a 16% chance. We are in a scenario right now, folks, where if the Falcons win next Sunday over the Saints, they could mess around and be the number one seed in the NFC South and still make the playoffs. Like, that is absolutely insane. So, yes, they 100% had more to play for, and yet, you know, we kind of, we talked about this on Saturday, the show I did then. It was like, is this a kind of a, a not a dress rehearsal, but a, a, a uh, what's the word? Now I'm blanking on, but a, a test for Justin Fields of, hey, is this a guy that we potentially want to go get in the offseason? And hey, if the Falcons decide to, judge Justin Fields' season solely based on yesterday, very much a guy they're going to be interested in. Now, I, I am a guy. I am very much aware of what else has happened in Justin Fields' career. Uh, I am also very much aware of the ineptitude of the Chicago Bears' front office and the way that they they won't, like, go all the way in being really bad because they're always going to try to do something to kind of slightly commit. That's a whole, like, we're showing our guys that we're not giving up. And I, I get the whole not tanking or whatever. Um, but just how Chicago has gone about trying to win just has felt very clunky. Uh, however, one of the ways they've tried to go about winning that has worked out swimmingly for them is trading... <laughs> With, with Carolina last year, like, buddy. I mean, DJ Moore yesterday. What were, what were those final numbers? Let me look. I, it's, that was just one of those, like, I, I got to a point where I just wanted to stop. Nine receptions, 159 yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> 159 yards. And they get to have number one pick this year. 
And that's the, you know, that's the funny thing, Dom, is like people are really out here believing it. And I, I don't, I don't blame them necessarily because it, people want to be level headed about decisions and they think that front offices in the NFL are level headed about these decisions. You traded your pick last year. You got the number one pick this year. You think they're going to go trade that again because, oh, we can get a haul. No, you see shiny new toys of Caleb Williams and you're like I gotta go get our like this is our guy you know like we we had Justin and sure he's great but like shiny new toy you know really what we think is, is gonna be a pretty competitive um you know quarterback class this year far better than than you know was kind of turned out um from what two years ago right but yeah, that's the thing with them is like, uh, you know, if they see shiny new toy and first pick of the draft, I it, just don't see them going away from that. Yeah, I ho- I I want Justin to stay in Chicago. I I hope they keep him. I don't I don't think they will. It's just like you said, it's just the the attraction of being able to hit the reset button on the quarterback contract and and especially with a prospect like Caleb Williams coming out, even though Caleb has already said that he doesn't necessarily want to play in Chicago, but. That's sure. another conversation. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I get if they do make the move, I understand why they did it. I hope they don't. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. Um, I just uh, – it feels like it's one of those it's, – it's too enticing uh, a, a thing to make because, um, you know, front offices are very reactionary, especially with those top, you know, two, three picks in a quarterback draft. Like, we're not talking about a draft in which it's slim pickings – um, there are some some big time quarterbacks that people believe in, and if you're t- telling me you have your first pick of that, um, or you're going to trade it away and hope that you can end up this well again next year or the year after, whatever you know, however you would trade that pick. No, I, I think they're gonna make that move. And so with Justin Fields' day going 20 of 32 for 268 yards, a touchdown throwing and a touchdown rushing. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty good day for, for one Justin Fields. Uh, also, I just want to fit this in here before we move on, because we'll talk some more Falcons later on in the show. What we're not going to do in 2024 is blame Young Way Koo for a loss. We're not doing that. The man's had two games in which they were both terrible weather games, and he kicked poorly in both of those games. I understand if you're upset with, with you know, upset sure I mean I always want my kicker to make his kicks but kicking in the pouring down rain and kicking in snow no those are always bonuses not gimmies and it's he's kicking a 50 yard field goal yesterday in the snow like come on now let's let's not be the people to jump on the let's you know blame the kicker that whole bit uh, but yeah the Falcons a lot of decisions uh, that that continue to to Get discussed about this team because uh, you go you go back and forth on one good week, one bad week, good one good week, one bad week, or maybe a couple bad weeks in a row. Um, and while we think they turned a corner, uh, then they showed up and get beat by 20 points by the Chicago Bears, uh, who really had nothing to play for other than maybe they want to keep their coach around. You don't play for their coach, that sort of thing. Uh, all right, finishing out the rest of the story, uh, the Hawks beat. The Washington Wizards yesterday, 130 to 126. Yes, there was an NBA game played 
the Hawks were involved in yesterday. It felt like there was so much other stuff going on yesterday. Uh, 3 o'clock tip-off in Washington, so just super weird on top of everything else. Uh, why is this a big deal, and what is the rest of the story here? Well, the 130-126 to 126 win snapped a four-game losing streak for the Hawks. They really needed this one, and if you heard uh, Trey Young in post-game, he was like, yeah, we owed Washington for this based on the fact that, um, you know, they knocked out Jalen Johnson with a broken wrist the last time he played each other, and so we needed to, to, to get this one back, and they had Jalen Johnson in the lineup. So a good win for them. Um, now their next home game is on Wednesday against Oklahoma City Thunder. Yikes, that's not going to be an easy one. Uh, we're going to talk to Glenn Willis coming up in about six minutes from now. Get his thoughts on what was going on with the Hawks and what kind of continued to go on with the Hawks even yesterday. They won that game, but they had a 15-point lead that was vanished and was four points by the time they pulled it off. What's going on with this team? What they should do at the trade deadline? All of those thoughts. Glenn Willis, uh, who does a great job breaking down stuff on Twitter, uh, covering the team. So we'll uh, we'll talk to him, like I said, in about uh, five minutes from now. It is the Dopey Millennial Show. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Getting your weekend sports talk fixed here with the Dopey Millennial Show. My ears are bleeding. From Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, and the Odyssey app. It is the Dopey Millennial Show. I'm Caleb Johnson here with you. All right. It's 13-10 at the half. It is Michigan up on Alabama. This is not what I thought. I thought Michigan could come out early in this one, um, but I figured by this point, by halftime, that Alabama would have it slightly figured out a little bit more, uh, but it's very... We know Nick Saban, all about those second-half adjustments, although I know right now I'm sure uh, Mr. Brad Rowland is very excited about how his Michigan Wolverines are playing. Let's go to the WadeFord.com hotline and talk with another one of my favorite people when it comes to talking all things Hawks. It is Mr. Glenn Willis. You can follow him on Twitter, at Willis underscore Glenn. He's got the uh, podcast ATL and 29. Glenn, Happy New Year to you, and uh, how you doing, man? Happy New Year, Caleb. I'm doing well. Uh, enjoying some football and some family today. Hope others are as well. Appreciate the time here. Absolutely. Now, I do want to. I want to ask you because we'll we'll tie this in close to the end. Um, are you a Are you a New Year's resolution type of person? Or you, do you not dabble in that sort of thing? I, I would say I kind of am. It's more of trying to do more of the good things I try to do at a higher level. Sure. So I'm just trying to more more kindness, more empathy. You know. And, you know, I, I like to think that I try to be about those things. We could always kind of, you know, raise our level on those areas. So for me, it's just about focusing on the things I've been trying to focus on and, and trying to do it even a little bit better. That, I love that, Glenn, because that's, that's more of me. I, you know, I, I never like to, to be one of those people that, uh, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in the gym in January or I'm going to, you know, do this, do that. It's just more of like, hey, I want to be try, try to be more of a positive person this year, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, as we as we start off the the new year, well, we are into the new year for the Hawks, and thankfully they ended 2023 with a win as uh, they beat 
Uh, the the Washington Wizards, 130-126. You know, it feels like stepping in the right direction to snap that, that losing streak, Glenn. But I guess I want to ask you a little bit about some of these reoccurring second-half issues that we've seen from the Hawks that even reared their head yesterday as they had a, a fifth, what, a 15-point lead with 2.16 to go and then ultimately are able to just win by four points uh, outside of, you know, just, I guess, simply missing shots. What are you seeing as kind of that common struggle for the Hawks uh, through this, this stretch that they've been on of losing games and then getting over the hump yesterday? Yeah, yeah, there are so many things that could be, and, and when you're watching, you're trying to kind of see if you can see something that jumps out to you about why they're running into these same issues over and over. And for me, it just looks mental. I mean, I think the, the losing is uh, you know straining, and, and it becomes mentally heavier and heavier as it goes on. This team clearly had higher expectations for this season than, than what they're achieving so far. I think that that's uh, – if you even just based out on what we heard – beginning of the season, media day, et cetera, you know, and so I think that the, the losing is just kind of wearing on them and they look like a team that when it's close and late, they don't have the confidence, uh, whether that's about, you know, understanding kind of, you know, where they're going to go to get their offense, whether there's how they're going to establish their defense and maybe even raise it a little bit at the end of the game. It just looks like a, a mental thing to me up until about three games ago or so, maybe four games or so. I would say, man, the process still looks good. The execution is just bad. And I think it's still mostly execution. But as can happen with kind of negative feedback loops and, and the absence of positive reinforcement, um, kind of the, the process looks like it's starting to break down a little bit too. And so that, that just suggests to me that they're kind of in a mental funk and, and not necessarily having the most confidence uh, and themselves as a team, which happens. Uh, and that's something I think they're going to have to kind of solve first to kind of get back to where they want to be. Talking with Glenn Willis on the wadeford.com hotline. Glenn, a uh, podcaster for ATL and 29 and always does such a good job on Twitter of, of little film study stuff where you'll, you'll post clips and that sort of thing. So I guess, uh, Glenn, I want to ask you, what is kind of standing out to you as far as the, the biggest? Because it feels like defense is really the area uh, that the Hawks constantly need to improve on. I know I remember hearing from from someone out of Utah that, that mentioned a quote of Mike Conley where he was like, yeah, learning Quinn Snyder's system, uh, you know, you need like a doctorate degree in order to, to kind of figure that whole thing out. Uh, what are you seeing? Like, is it just – trying to get on on the same page within Quinn's system, or is there something standing out as just why defensively this team hasn't played to uh, their capabilities and hasn't played to a level that, that would keep them in a, in a better competitive spot? Yeah, it's such a great question, Caleb. And, you know, you, you might remember, uh, like the rest of us, that when Quinn came aboard last year, one thing Trey was talking about was Quinn's attention to detail. Mm-hmm. And I think that does – um, kind of show up in the level of uh, detail he expects his players to be able to kind of handle from a game planning and execution standpoint. And I think, you know, at, the, at that point in time, it was viewed completely as a positive, and that's understandable. But I think that maybe what, what some of us missed was that translates into higher expectations and a more complex kind of uh, set of responsibilities, uh, scheme, Etc. that does take time to kind of acclimate to. 
Uh, not to do a kind of deep dive on defense, but at the beginning of the year, Quinn was having their center, the big man getting all the way up the floor, supporting, uh, you know, the guards and the wings, kind of when there are ball screens to deal with, and trusting the other players to handle kind of the area closer to the rim. Uh, with When they had both Hunter and Jalen uh, Johnson healthy, they tended to manage enough lineups that could handle that reasonably well. Uh, still needing improvement, but maybe good enough for early in the season and, and anticipating it might get better from there. When they're missing one of either Johnson or Hunter, that scheme with the, where the big man is away from the rim is, is just unmanageable uh, at this point in time. And then they played for a little while without either one of them. And so Quinn has gone back at times, you know, based upon personnel, keeping the center in the paint, keeping the center closer to the rim and such. But I do think that when you are uh, doing something like kind of getting your big man out of the middle, the responsibilities on everyone else becomes more, more tricky and more complex. It, it requires more communication. It requires more, um, you know, urgency and your read and your and your action uh, in response to the read. And I think that's something that they're still needing time with. If Had they been kind of healthy the whole season to this date, maybe they've, uh, you know, made more progress in mastering that. But there's just the adversity on the health side and then just all the newness. Um, I, I, I think that's what has them there. And I think it, it's also – it would be unfair to not point out that they just need more defensive talent than they have on this roster right yeah. now. They need more defensive depth, and that, that's just kind of kind of where they are. I think they know that. I mean, we all see it. If we see it, we we have to imagine that the people that are you know full time professionals in this area of work see it too. And so it's a it's a it's a mix of those things to me. Glenn, you mentioned his name just a couple minutes ago, uh, and, and a guy that. I think there were big questions about coming into the season, and he answered those questions very quickly. The play of Jalen Johnson and then obviously uh, him going out against – it was his Wizards team. That's why I found it funny that Trey yesterday was kind of like, ah, we owed Washington for, for knocking Jalen Johnson out and causing us to go on this losing streak. But with Jalen uh, back in the way that he's played, I guess I have been surprised, I, I guess, by the way that, that he's been able to kind of quickly come back – but then also um, the the reliance that this team uh, has had on Jalen this season, I, I guess with where he is in his career and kind of progressing and that sort of thing, is this a, a realistic position uh, for the Hawks to, to have this much, I guess I would call it pressure, on, on Jalen to perform night in, night out for them to get wins? Well, I, I think you stated it perfectly, that they, they need a lot from him to get wins right now, right? And especially with Hunter out. I know if you go on Twitter and you listen to Hawks fans <laughs> yeah. kind of vent about Hunter, not always not always the favorite guy or what have you, but he he does a lot that helps this team from a defensive organization mm -hmm. standpoint, team defense. He's exceptional in both of those areas. Um, and and Jalen's really the only other guy that can replicate some of that and, and he's younger and less experienced than hunter understandably um but the things that he can do athletically physically the easy points he creates because of his ability to uh run the floor and flash and and really elevate and just and really just kind of be the best athlete on the floor like seems like 98 percent of the time and you know and i think the, the the journey that he's on and the process he's working through is kind of the realization that he can do all of these things that very few other players in the league can do. He has that raw talent right now, 
right? The skill is kind of coming and will come with more repetitions. The skill refinement will come. But, yeah, I, I think that the Hawks just have to fully invest in him right now. And even if it's a little bit choppy, as he's kind of doing some things uh, for the first time in his career, handling offensive workload and responsibility at a level he's, he never has before at the NBA level. And so it's going to be probably up and down a, a little bit. But the stuff that he gives them is stuff that no one else, especially offensively, no one else can get, can give them. And I think they have just have to lean into that and trust that even if for two, three, four weeks, whatever the duration is, it's a little bit inconsistent, that in the long run, that's going to serve them very well. Talking with Glenn Willis, uh, who covers the Hawks on the waitfor.com hotline. Uh, Glenn, look, we're over a third of the way through the season. You know, we Getting through this kind of rough patch that the Hawks have been able to get themselves at least out of, break the, the losing streak, that sort of thing. Um, we're getting to that point. We've already seen one blockbuster trade in the NBA with the Raptors and Knicks. Do you think the front office knows enough about this team right now to determine whether they're buyers or sellers at the deadline? I think they do. And, and I, I think the, the all the reporting we heard even going back to this past offseason suggests that they did as well. And, 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 and it was interesting because they were – I mean, it seemed like the one of the mo- most active teams, if rumors are to be believed, if source sure. reporting is to be fully trusted, et cetera, et cetera. And so I, I, the, the way I connect the dots, this is not me reporting, this is just me kind of um, observing on kind of what we're seeing and hearing across the board is I think they knew they, they know they need to iterate this roster into being something that's a little bit different than what it is now, right? And, and, and I think that they know that. I think that they're – my assessment is I think they're being smart and taking their time with that and not forcing um, a move based upon, oh, man, things feel really bad right now or we're in this big funk, we got to shake things up right now. I think they're waiting on the right deal, the player that is available at the right price tag for them, um, et cetera. And so I think they're, they're waiting on the right opportunity, but I would have to think that they know, you know, watching this product, you know, um, game in and game out, that uh, – they don't have the exact roster you'd want for what Quinn is trying to have them do on both ends of the court. And that's, I think that's a normal situation when you have a new coach. That's not uh, because of any, anyone failing to do their job, in my opinion, or that's not because of the organization not kind of making an effort. Like, I, I think they did a great job at the draft this past draft. I think they now have some real young depth that they're developing. I think that's going to help them long term, but that's going to take some time. And so I think big picture, I think they're still in a very good place. But I think they know that they need kind of a, a different mix of skills and talent and capability on the roster to kind of really get this uh, to where they want it. Glenn, kind of putting your feet to the fire, one final question I'll ask is, uh, you know, you talk about those pieces and having to make those decisions uh, coming up pretty soon. The name that keeps getting thrown out there, of course, it's just reports, uh, is DeJounte Murray as is, is a name that it felt like before it was DeAndre Hunter, but obviously with him being injured, uh, those are going to quiet down. Um, if DeJounte Murray is your most appealing piece out there for the Hawks to to move right now at this deadline, have we seen enough of DeJounte in Atlanta, DeJounte and Trey working together to determine whether or not like that is working or, or if he is a guy that, that should be moved on from? Yeah, I mean, so I'm not one to think like they have to, to move on from DeJounte. I, 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 I wonder, I wonder watching him play if he feels like 
this is kind of what he wants to do for the next two or three years. Because, yeah. um, and that's not a slight to him no. at all, right? No. But Trey, Trey is so exceptional with the basketball that the smart thing to do is to keep the ball in Trey's hands. So, you know, you have to ask yourself, does Dejounte feel like he's getting the kind of opportunity that he wants to have? He's right in the middle of his prime, right in the middle, you know, stepping into that kind of prime years for him. And, and if, if this is not kind of what he wants for the two or three years, I don't know that that's true. But if that's the case, I think it, you, you kind of understand that, right? And and then going past that from the to your question from the Hawks side, I think Trey and DeJounte can work, but you have to be really almost perfect defensively at small forward, power forward, and et cetera, so in your front court. And, you know, and what Quinn is trying to do with the offense is have the guys that can, you know, move the ball, play on the catches, his phrase, play fast. A lot of times when you're kind of – building your roster from a defensive standpoint, you're not getting that offensive kind of skill set mix that you need for what Clint wants on the other end. And so I think that, you know, there may be an opportunity for, you know, the Hawks to win, DeJounte to win, you know, if that opportunity kind of is out there. But if that doesn't happen, if we get to the trade deadline on February 8th and he's still on the team, I don't think that's a failure at all. I think they can make this work. It's just, it's just, I think it's a little harder. I think that the margin for error is a little less, uh, having um, their current kind of backcourt construction, but I don't think it's completely untenable. Um, but, I, I, you know, all the reports suggest someone is creating noise around this. It's hard to know exactly mm-hmm. who that is. Um, but there's there's someone intentionally kind of creating this noise, and you know, we're about, you know, five and a half, six weeks away from the trade deadline, and we're, what, now eight days from DeJounte being eligible to be traded. So that period from January 9, when he can be traded on that date, to February 8 will be, I think, daily. <laughs> the rumors and reporting it could be at a, at a daily frequency at that point, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. Always interesting with those clutch clients, but uh, that is Mr. Glenn Willis. You can follow him on Twitter, at Willis underscore Glenn, and I'm telling you, if you're not already following him, you should do so. He's always got great breakdowns of, uh, of Hawks games as well as all kinds of other content. Uh, follow. Uh, you can uh, look for his podcast, ATL and 29. Uh, Glenn, anything else you want the folks to, to check out? Uh, no, that's it. Appreciate the plug and opportunity here. And I still think this team is better than the results. I think they're going to play better going forward. I think big picture, there's a you know a roster iteration needed, but but I wouldn't I haven't lost confidence in this team still having a pretty good uh, season of the way. The people are gonna love Glenn. Always got the the great optimism. Appreciate it, Glenn. Uh, hope you have a happy New Year, man. And to you, thank you. All right, when we get back, going to get into a reporter's take. Let you listen to some audio from Kirby Smart after their win in the Orange Bowl. Uh, I think he had one really smart thing to say, and then one thing that, well, it's, it's just, it is the way that it is. We'll let you listen to that sound coming up next right here on the Dopey Millennial Show. Caleb Johnson on Sports Radio 989 The Game and the Odyssey app. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.